Hello and welcome to Upwards, moments of hope, encouragement, and inspiration. I'm your host, Michael Biggs. This is podcast number 76, and I call it The Journey to Bethlehem. I hope you enjoy this segment. For the month of December, I'm producing and presenting several short segments in podcast format, and they are for your enjoyment. By the way, the music bed for this one is from my friend Richard Huggins and his album, A Peaceful Christmas. I wish for you and your loved ones a very Merry Christmas. The Trip to Bethlehem What actually happened between the time of the decree to go and register and Mary and Joseph finally arriving in Bethlehem is only speculation. Perhaps it was like this. Here's my version of this story. Settle in, grab a hot coffee or a warm eggnog and snuggle up with your favorite person. Galilee was buzzing with the news. Everyone, every person was required by law to go to their place of origin and register for the nationwide census. Plans were made, belongings were packed, food was properly cured, stored, wrapped, and preserved for the trip, and perhaps lists were made of all of the caravans that would be coming through Galilee and on which days so that those who wanted to could join up. Joseph made their trip arrangements while Mary took care of their provisions. He selected Zeke's caravan. He knew him from the village and he had made a few benches and trunks for Zeke's wagons. At least they would be in the company of friends and trusted travelers for their 80 mile trek. The average man could walk about 20 miles a day, so this journey was a journey of four days. The day came and the journey began. There was a lot of joviality and excited conversations as they began. The countryside slowly eased past as they trudged along. Mary had to make a few more stops than the average woman due to her condition. And after the first night, Zeke pulled Joseph aside and told him the unfortunate news. Uh, tomorrow, we're going to have to go ahead. You and Mary are holding us up, and I am sorry. Mary tried to bear up bravely, but the journey, the donkey, and her pregnancy was no match for the rapid pace the caravan took. And true to his word, on the second morning, Zeke moved on ahead, leaving Mary and Joseph in the dust of their trail. Now alone, Joseph looked worried. How will we make it? What will I do if some bad sorts of men come along? Maybe we can join another caravan. I, I think I see some dust stirring behind us. Other caravans came and went, and they all left Mary and Joseph eating the dust of their tracks. Mary, however, was not perplexed. She had a promise. She had hope. The direct message from the angel was this, the power of the Most High 
will overshadow you. Yes, that message was for the miracle of the birth of her baby and it was for the journey leading them to his birth. In other words, as God has often said to others, be not afraid nor dismayed, for I, the Lord your God, will be with you wherever you go. They missed the fun around the campfires of the caravan. They missed the shared meals. They missed Elizabeth's special way with the standing rib roast and the special saute of onions, leeks, garlic with roasted potatoes. And they missed the stories and laughter at night. But they showed up in plenty of time and they were kept safe. They had a rendezvous with destiny, and God got them there on time. I'm happy to present to you a visit from St. Nicholas by Clement Clark Moore. It's better known as Twas the Night Before Christmas. Gather the kids around, get some hot eggnog or hot cider and sit back by the fireplace and enjoy my rendition of this great classic. "'Twas a night before Christmas when all through the house "'not a creature was stirring, not even a mouse. "'The stockings were hung by the chimney "'with care and hopes that St. Nicholas soon would be there. "'The children were nestled all snug in their beds "'while visions of sugar plum danced in their heads, "'and Mama in her kerchief and I in my cap had just saddled our brains for a long winter's nap. When out on the lawn there arose such a clatter, I sprang from my bed to see what was the matter. Away to the window I flew like a flash, tore open the shutters and threw up the sash. The moon on the breast of the new-fallen snow gave a luster of midday to objects below. When what to my wandering eyes did appear but a miniature sleigh and eight tiny reindeer. A little old driver so lively and quick, I knew in a moment he must be St. Nick. rapid than eagles his coursers they came and he whistled and shouted and called them by name now dasher now dancer now prancer and vixen own comet own cupid own donner and blitzen to the top of the porch to the top of the wall now dash away dash away dash away all 
as leaves that before the wild hurricane fly, when they meet with an obstacle, mount to the sky. So up to the housetop the coursers they flew with the sleigh full of toys and St. Nicholas too. Then in a twinkling I heard on the roof the prancing and pawing of each little hoof. As I drew in my head and was turning around, down the chimney St. Nicholas came with a bound. He was dressed all in fur from his head to his foot, and his clothes were all tarnished with ashes and soot. A bundle of toys he had flung on his back, and he looked like a peddler just opening his pack. His eyes, how they twinkled, his dimples, how merry. His cheeks were like roses, his nose like a cherry. His droll little mouth was drawn up like a bow, and the beard on his chin was as white as the snow. The stump of a pipe he held tight in his teeth, and the smoke, it encircled his head like a wreath. He had a broad face and a little round belly that shook when he laughed like a bowl full of jelly. He was chubby and plump, a right jolly old elf, and I laughed when I saw him in spite of myself. A wink of his eyes and a twist of his head soon gave me to know I had nothing to dread. He spoke not a word, but went straight to his work and filled all the stockings and then turned with a jerk. Laying his finger aside of his nose and giving a nod up the chimney, he rose. He sprang to his sleigh and to his team gave a whistle, and away they all flew like the down of a thistle. But I heard him exclaim ere he drove out of sight, Happy Christmas to all, and to all a good night. Hello and welcome to Upwards, moments of hope, encouragement, and inspiration. I am your host, Michael Biggs. This is podcast number 74, and I call it The Story of Old Little Town of Bethlehem, a Christmas podcast. I hope you enjoy this segment. For the month of December, I'll be producing and presenting several shorter segments in podcast format for your enjoyment. By the way, the music bed is from my friend Richard Huggins and his album, A Peaceful Christmas. Merry Christmas. O Little Town of Bethlehem, The Story one of the great Christmas carols is O Little Town of Bethlehem, written by Phillips Brooks. Here's the story of how this carol came to be. On Christmas Eve in 1865, Phillips Brooks rode through the dark streets of Jerusalem on horseback. 
He was headed to a place above the town where he was told the shepherds had gathered with their sheep some 1,800 years earlier. After returning to his church in Philadelphia, he wanted to capture his thoughts from that night in Jerusalem, and the result was this poem. A few days before Christmas in 1868, he asked an organist, Louis Redner, to put the poem to music he wanted to use it at their Christmas Eve service. Redner tried but failed to successfully create a melody for these lyrics. On Christmas Eve, feeling he had utterly failed, he went to bed. Mr. Redner later related, I was aroused from sleep in the night. I heard what I considered to be an angelic strain. I picked up a piece of score paper and jotted down the melody of this tune as I heard it in my head. And that is how this song came to be. It was a moment of inspiration that inspired the lyrics upon reflection, and it was a divine moment when the melody suddenly came to Mr. Redner. Those are the two elements we think of most when we consider the Christmas message, inspiration meeting a divine moment. Merry Christmas. Hello and welcome to Upwards, Moments of Hope, Encouragement, and Inspiration. I'm your host, Michael Biggs. This is podcast number 73. I call it Consider Joseph, a Christmas podcast. I hope you enjoy this segment. For the month of December, I'll be producing and presenting several short segments in podcast format for your enjoyment. Merry Christmas. Consider Joseph. Joseph was the first to hold the Christ child. He was the only one there to assist Mary with the birth and delivery of her baby. The first human touch Christ received was the gentle stroking and washing and swaddling performed by Joseph. 
He had strong hands, especially after wielding those heavy hammers day after day. But his gentle side was present as he held Jesus. He probably soothed him with gentle words. He was careful to not let his head drop, and he fussed over the strips of cloth to make sure as much of Jesus was covered as possible. Perhaps he stripped off his outer cloak and pressed it around the baby for added warmth. He gently suggested that Mary get some rest while she cared for the little one. He cared for God, God in the flesh. And Joseph wiped his face. He rubbed his feet. He allowed God to curl his tiny fingers around his big, strong, little finger. He rustled around in the drafty barn for the cloth strips, and he found a bucket and a stool, and he milked one of the cows just to feed his son. Yet he was feeding God. God is a baby, God coming to man. Joseph was the first one to touch the face of God. Did you know? Did he really understand? Somehow, I think he did. Did he have visions of this baby mimicking him in the workshop, hitting his thumb and doing that little dance jig that Joseph did every time that happened? Perhaps he did. He was father to the father's son. What might have been his thoughts as the Christ child lay sleeping? Was the lantern turned up too brightly? Was it disturbing his sleep? Was he warm enough? Had he had enough milk? Were the baby's cries disturbing Mary's sleep? She was so tired, exhausted after that long journey and then the delivery. Yet all the while, baby Jesus slept. It was a peaceful sleep, for his father was on duty, both of them. A word of hope at Christmas. I'm thankful to my friend Richard Huggins for the music bed for this uh, podcast. It's from Richard's album, A Peaceful Christmas.